chapter 13. We aren't going to go through the love chapter tonight, although our theme will be in dealing with the, this aspect of love. How do we manifest love? As we saw this morning from 1 John chapter 4, that if we say we love God and do not show in a practical, tangible way that love to our fellow brothers and sisters, he said, we are deceiving ourselves. We are a liar, is what John said. So, in, in understanding... Um, this aspect of love. What we want to look at is not exclusively, but the emphasis that that is placed on love through some of the epistles that are written, primarily Paul, and, and we're just hitting some of these aspects. And then we want to look at, uh, at just some um, hopefully practical ways to help us really manifest love. Notice 1 Corinthians 13, of course, is known as the love chapter, and it concludes with verse 13. Now abideth faith, hope, charity, or love, these three, but the greatest of these is charity, or the greatest of these is love. And then he goes right into the next chapter And he says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Follow after charity. What he's saying there is pursue love. Pursue love. Take the initiative as a man takes the initiative and goes out and hunts for that trophy buck. He says, take the initiative, pursue after. Of all things, he says, love. Because the greatest of all these things, faith will someday cease. When we're in heaven, we won't need faith. Because we will be seeing and believing. Hope. When we're in heaven, we're not hoping for anything. We have come to the culmination of our salvation. But love endures forever. There will be an eternity in the presence of God, of knowing His presence and knowing because God is love. So, he says we are to pursue Love in, in the sense of, of dealing with others. Pursue, how can I minister? How can I love? How can I encourage to ask? How can I pray for you? What can I do to help? And it's not just asking those questions. It's, it's thinking, what would I want someone to do if I were in the same situation? But it it takes an active pursuit. So he says, follow after. But literally it means pursue charity. Then if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 
2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verses 7 and 8. Therefore, as ye abound in everything in faith, in utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. To prove the sincerity of your love. We are to be sincere in our love. To prove that our love is genuine. To prove that our love is not the emotional, warm feeling, fuzzy that comes and goes with our feelings, but that it is willing to be sacrificial, that we would be willing, he said, I'm giving you this opportunity to help other believers in the context of what he's saying as other believers has helped you, you say that you love them, and I know that you do. Now I'm giving you an opportunity to prove the sincerity of your love. He said in First John that we may love in deed and in truth, not just in word. The sincerity of our love is that it manifests itself in practical, tangible ways. So he says, I want you to be able to prove the sincerity of your love. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. <clears throat> and notice if you look in verse 9, Paul, I, I think it's a fascinating study to look at the epistles where he says, I'm writing to you, and this is what I pray for you. If you want to know how to pray for others, study the, the letters of Paul and where he said, this is what I pray for you. And, and he said in this passage, um, he thanks God for every remembrance of them, for their fellowship in the gospel. He said, I'm confident of this very thing that God began a work, good work in you. He will do it even as he said. But notice verse 9, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. He prayed that their love would abound more and more. The people that are around us, do they see that our love is abounding more and more? Do they see you as they did Jesus? In Acts chapter 10, in verse 38, it says, they went about doing good. I mean, our life, we are saved, Ephesians 2 tells us, by grace through faith, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The good works don't save us. The good works are evidence that we're saved. And he says, our love should be manifested. It should be growing, abounding more and more. That's what he prayed for the believers at Philippi. 
that they would abound in love. Look at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 2. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. To be consistent in our love. To have the same love. We're, we're, we're willing to put away personal preferences. We're coming together. Uh, in Romans it says that we may with one mind and one mouth glorify God. We have the same love. And we don't care who gets the credit. We don't care who gets um, the praise. It's all for the glory of God. It is this same love. They talk about um, championship teams. They have a, a chemistry about them. No one there is concerned about themselves. It's about, let's get this done. This is, we have the same love. This is the same place that we're going. A consistency in this. And then Paul prays also that we are to increase in love. It should be overflowing, but we should be, have more love in our heart today than we did a year ago at this time. We should be increasing. And, not so much necessarily more love, but that our love should be touching more lives. It's not that we get an exclusive group of people and, okay, these are the people that I'm going to love. As God brings other people into your life, that's an opportunity for you to be a minister of God, the hands of God, the eyes of God, the heart of God, to minister to them. And so, your life should have more people in it this year than you had a year ago that you're saying, God, I'm willing to minister to anybody you bring into my life or anybody you open my eyes to pursue them in love, to increase in love. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. He, it's interesting, he ties this, as we mentioned this morning, he ties it to a local church. He said, don't forsake assembling together. And when you get together, provoke one another, but to love and good works. Encourage, um, help someone along to love. Hey, so-and-so has a need. You want to come with me as we go minister to them, as we go uh, serve them, as we go help them? To promote, to build up. To provoke one another. Are others encouraged to care for others by being around you? Or are others encouraged to think evil of others by being around you? I mean, think about it. How do we speak of others? 
What's our um, steps of action regarding others? Are we helping others to love others? Are we um, encouraging one another? And then in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1, he says, Let brotherly love continue. You notice all these, whether it's in 1 John, whether it's in Philippians or 1 Corinthians or Hebrews or throughout the Scriptures, they're, they're continually urging this to continue in love. And notice what he goes on. And be not forgetful, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and suffer them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. So he's going in and he's saying, let brotherly love continue. And don't forget foreigners, strangers, people that may be passing through, people that that you don't know. Be willing to receive them, to love them. He says, remember those that are in prison. And he's specifically saying, continue in love. And he specifically calls out some area of peoples to to specifically remember. And he says, and make sure you're showing love in marriage. Marriage is honorable and it's important. Sometimes we find it easier to be nice to other people than it is to the people of our own household. So he says to be con- to continue in love. And then turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. In this passage, he says, we are entrusted with the grace of God. And he says, we are to have the same mind as Christ. In verse 2, no longer live in the lust of the flesh, but to the will of God. In essence, he says, we've lived enough in the flesh. Now live for God. Uh, You used to be this way, but now you're followers of God and they think it's strange that your life has changed so drastically. And then in verse 7 he says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober or serious-minded and watch unto prayer and above all things have fervent love among yourselves. For love shall cover the multitude of sins. The end is at hand. Things are moving fast. Um, We see things rapidly pointing toward the Lord's return. So what should we do? He says, be serious-minded, be given to prayer, and above all things, have a red, hot, fervent love one for another. Be so red hot that you're in your love that you do not keep record of offenses and wrongdoings. You are willing to forgive and not to bring it up again in your thinking. You are willing to to, um, cover what may seem as an offense to us But you know what? I'm going to give them grace. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. 
that we are so fervent in love. He said, because the end is at hand. This is what we need to have. We need that patience. We need 1 Corinthians 13. Love is kind and bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things. It, it does not vaunt itself and puff up itself. It, it's not thinking about... And he said, this is what you need because the end is at hand. That we don't keep record of, of offenses. Boy, some of us are, are excellent accountants. We don't have our CPA, but we've got the accounts in our mind, and we know the offenses, and, and we hold people over the barrel with them. Above all things, have a red-hot fervency in your love one to another. Now, we've said before, love is doing what is best for the one loved. Let, let me just say, this whole aspect of learning to love as Christ loved has um, many different facets to it and many, many questions about it. And there will be situations that come up that you'll think, I don't know. What am I supposed to do in this? I don't know. There are situations that, that I face that it's like, I don't know, God. What, what is the right loving response to this? But I know that God's Spirit will lead me and will lead us if we are committed to say, God... I am committed to doing what is best for the one loved. Sometimes we get hung up in, in knowing exactly. Just take the next step that God gives us. But let me just give some, some practical things. Doing what is best for the one loved. Part of that means, first of all, taking an interest in them. Love takes an interest in. Now, see, first of all, that means you take your eyes off yourself and you take an interest in them, in their lives. What are they facing? What do they like? What do they not like? What are their interests? What are their... You take an interest in and you manifest that. And then you invest in. It's easy to give when it costs us nothing. You know, it's, it's easy when you don't have any, as the saying goes, skin in the game. But when you invest something in, love invests in and, and participate. And I'm not, when, when we think of invest, we think often of money. It may involve that, but it may involve our time. It may involve our prayer. But it, it takes an investment. It, um, it's sacrificial. Are we willing to invest something in their life? Whether it gives us any returns or not at all. It doesn't matter what it reciprocates to us. It matters... Are we loving as Christ's love? For God so loved the world that He invested. He gave His only begotten Son. 
Whose life are you investing in? Love serves, looks for needs, and meets them. Um, I've done this many times, and this really isn't love in most cases. If, if you have any needs, let me know, and we'll see what we can do to help. Honestly, when people say that to you, how often do you let them know that you have needs? We don't, do we? Why? I don't know all the, the reasonings behind it. Most of it comes down to pride. Love doesn't say, you tell me what you need and I'll meet it. Love is directed by the Spirit of God. And it's like, man, if I was in that situation, I would love someone to do this. So I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And it serves. You see a need? Meet the need. It's willing to invest. It's willing. Jesus walked into the home. It was customary and and responsible for the the host the the people hosting the people to provide for their feet to be washed no one did it so jesus the creator the king the messiah was willing to get down he saw a need why because he loved them now remember he washed peter james john and he also washed who? Judas. Most of us would have effectively forgotten Judas. Or we would have roughed up his toes while we were washing him. You know what I mean? I mean, this was, he knew in just a short amount of time that he was going to betray him. But he was willing to serve. That's love right there. A willingness to serve. Whether, whether you're rewarded, whether you're noticed, whether you're praised, it, it's willing to serve. And then, love, I didn't know how else to put this, but love learns from them. See, we sometimes think love is kind of condescending. Oh, let me help you. Oh, let me do this. And, and here, can I serve you here? Genuine love is willing to learn from them. It's not condescending. It validates their worth by showing it is a two-way street. You know, with, without, and I, I hope this doesn't, and if it does, I'll take care of it later. I have learned a lot. God has taught me a lot through Donnie Grappendorf. Donnie is a good friend of mine. Have Donnie and I always seen eye to eye? Have we, Donnie? Nope. Not at all. And, and sometimes I go back and I think, man, 
I'll just mention Jeff Hall to Donnie. There were some rough days in those days. <laughs> I I am serious. There is not a person in this church body that if you love, you will not learn something from. And and you find love is not it's it's not I'm going to love them. It's a one way street. I'm better than they are. No, love is willing to learn because God uses all of us together. And in learning this, love builds up and encourages. Listen, we've got enough around us. Not, let me back up. We've got enough in us. We beat ourselves up enough. We've got enough in us and enough around us beating us up, pushing us down. That everybody needs lifted up. And love encourages. Love builds up. I, every year with, um, with the soccer team, we, we try to teach them um, this one simple little principle. Jason, you want to come up here a minute? This simple little principle... As a teammate, when you push people down, go down. I go down. When I lift people up, I go up. If I'm criticizing him, what happens? He goes down, I go down. When I lift him up, we both are lifted up. Love looks for ways to build up people. Looks for ways. When, when you reach someone that's down and you lift them up, what happens? We all go up. It's a simple little principle. When I criticize, down he goes. He walks away, humped over, down, man, I'm a loser. How many of you have ever felt like a loser, right? Listen, Satan tells us all we're losers. And our own heart will. But you come along and say, man, hey, I noticed what you did the other day. That's a good job. Lift him up. Then he walks away like a champion, right? You can sit down now, all right? Thanks. But the thing is, it's that simple little principle. Am I lifting them up or am I pushing them down? Love builds up and encourage. That also means, see, love does not just overlook sin. It's building them up, warning them. It's building them up, confronting them about sin. Speaking the truth in love. It's building them up to do that. It doesn't just say, oh, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. No, we're not all okay. But God loves us and we can repent of our sin and there is forgiveness with Him and we can get back on the road and go. And then, love never quits. 1 Corinthians 13 deals with this. There may be times when the person that you seek to love makes it impossible for you to love them. 
But you can still love them by praying for them, asking God to bless them. Love never quits. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never quits. All of this involves sacrifice. It all involves dying to self. And the only way we can prove we have faith in Jesus Christ is to love God's people. If we would be as careful to demonstrate our love to one another as we are to criticize one another, people would soon get the idea that we love them. You don't have to agree with them, but you have to love them. You don't have to like them, but you have to love them. You don't have to see eye to eye with with everyone, but God commands us to love them unconditionally. Can Can you just imagine what would happen if we as Christians really started and we had a revival of biblical love? Can you imagine what our homes would be like? You know, people get in all these debates about divorce. It's not even an issue. If you love God, you'd love one another. And if you say, I love God and don't love my wife, I'm a liar. End of conversation. That's what 1 John says, right? So, men, if you're not loving your wife, don't talk to me about how great you love God. And don't talk to anybody about it. If your, life, if your wife doesn't feel loved and cherished and valued, I don't care how many verses you can quote. The light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. And wives, it doesn't matter how many Bible studies you're in and what books you've read. If your husband doesn't know that he is respected by you and loved by you, it doesn't matter. It begins right here. And the same is true in our home with our children. Do they know that we love them with an unconditional love? It is important that we lay the basis for this in our lives. God said, if we truly love Him, we will love one another. Is it easy? No, but God gives us the power to do it if we're willing to give Him a willing heart. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would find in us a willing heart to be an instrument of Your love. God, I thank You for Your great love for us. And because of Your great love for us, we ought to love one another. And Lord, I pray that we, even tonight, would take the initial steps of pursuing love. 
I pray tonight that our eyes would be open to the needs of others. I pray tonight that, that we would know the reality of Your truth flowing through us and ministering to others. And Lord, I pray that You would be pleased through the love that we show to You by loving one another. For we pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Let's